There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Anthony Warren, and you're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown by the Element Podcast. Yeah. What's happening, all my woods people? It is uh, mid-November, maybe even getting to late November at this point. Um, but and it's been a great month, and but I mean, there's still some great days ahead. And to be included in that, our friends at Exodus Trail Cameras have some pretty cool things going on, KC. Right? They do, man. Their biggest sale of the year is coming up right now. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, the rut mean. I mean, November means the rut, but it also means. Uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which are both days I try to spend in the woods and not anywhere near a store. But <laughs> in case you're into that sort of thing, uh, you can even do this thing from your cell phone in the tree stand. But uh, they're going to start the biggest sale of the year on Thanksgiving Day. And we don't really have any details for it because it's kind of secretive. But be sure and sign up for their newsletter and uh, you'll be able to get in on those deals when they happen because it seems like there's only going to be a limited number of deals. I don't know how it works, but there's some kind of competitive nature going in there, which makes sense for those guys. Also, <laughs> also, yep. um, they did say that they got their cell phone cameras back in stock finally, so that's yep. cool. If you've uh, got a big buck that you really need to put a pattern on, you can get those Exodus renders and uh, and use, use those as well. And those come yep. with, just like all the other Exodus trail cameras, the uh, five-year no bullcorn warranty, which is an awesome thing to have. I've never had to use it, but it's good to know it's there, right? It's kind of what warranties yep. are for, kind of help you, help you feel good about it. And uh, yep. otherwise, pretty cool, man. Exodus, uh, they actually, um, I've been uh, checking my camera a good bit at home and got some raging bucks on my uh, my lift two uh, here yep. of late. And I would like to have another lift two or two to put out as well. So might have to capitalize on this little uh, deal they've got going for Black Friday. Sure. Well, I've uh, I've got a lift two that's out in Kansas right now that I'm hoping later this week you will check. 
Oh, and um, maybe maybe even me. It, maybe even me. It, that's. I'm gonna say that that's probably second priority. Um, depending on wind directions, I might be in there hunting that stand and checking the camera after I've killed the big bucks. But if not, <laughs> I, I would imagine that card will be pulled this week. So I'm interested to hear of your timeline, your proposed timeline right now, because we haven't talked a ton in the last couple of days. So yeah, what's happening right now? Oh my gosh, dude! Like. It's uh, it's nine o'clock. I'm driving. I feel like I've been driving all day. You I basically, have. I have. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, you know, my my wife got sick this weekend, and so I didn't get to leave really early this morning like I was wanting to. Um, so I took kids to school and that kind of thing, and then decided that once I figured out that my wife was feeling better, I was like, okay. Well, I'm going hunting, and so I had a few little like loose ends to pull together. Mainly, just like grab a few groceries, um, some emergency <laughs> to uh, try to drink as much of that as I could, and then uh, my ice chest and that kind of thing, and just throw it all. I had most of it in the back of the truck, ready to go anyway, um, and took off and finally got out of here. I don't know, probably about ten, ten thirty, and so I've been on the road all day. It's night. It's nine o'clock. I'm driving, getting close. Um, I'm going to probably sleep in the truck tonight since it's pretty mild and it's going to be pretty mild in, in uh, the next few days. And if, uh, if I feel pretty comfortable tonight, then I'll stay probably in the truck. Otherwise, if I get real uncomfortable, I may just get a hotel the next few nights. But I'm really hoping that uh, – so I found out on the way, and you kind of know this, but I found out on the way that a, a piece of permission uh, property that we, you and I had really good success with that uh, still holds um, – one of our heads up decoys on oh. uh, it oh. is now closed to me i cannot hunt this property because there's going to be hunters on it and i uh, found that out earlier today so i've been scrambling game planning with our buddy um that that lives up here and it's kind of helped us uh, understand the landscape and the habits of, of these deer a little bit better uh, he and i've been game planning some stuff looking at map dots uh going back and forth i mean for like hours today <laughs> and uh, and so we we think we have a pretty good plan for tomorrow. Uh, it's kind of nasty and rainy and like forty one right now, so mm-hmm. it's uh it's not like super cold, but yeah. uh, cool and rainy. And I'm hoping that um, that rain kind of subsides. It's supposed to subside tonight and give me an opportunity to uh, see some sunshine in the morning and hopefully some cruising bucks along some ridges yeah, uh, that are leaving ag. So I. I'm not really looking forward to the, the mile and a quarter or whatever it is going to be in there. I mean, straight line, that's what it is kind of, so it's yeah. probably a little bit further. But then um, I, I don't have my uh, my steps. Um, somehow I ended up uh, in the rush that was uh, leaving Kansas. I left those steps in the back of your truck. Yeah. And, I don't even know how you ended um, up in there because I – yeah, I don't know. But I saw him well, in there this morning, and then I saw that you were on the road, and I was like, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I've got sticks. I've yeah. carried some backups, you know. So Yeah, that's good. I've got them. I just uh, I got to get everything organized here in a minute uh, when I get to my parking lot or whatever I'm going to stay at and sit and sleep in the truck and get everything organized uh, so that I can haul out pretty early in the morning and – uh, make the long trip back there. Yeah, um, not looking super forward to it because uh, it's just one of those things. You know how it is, man. I like doing, I like doing that thing in the in the afternoon where you can see better and you know what's going on. And yeah, you know sure. which trees and well, are in the way. You know that aren't. You know a little so. encouragement though is that like 
the trees, especially on those ridges, it's not like East Texas. There's not a lot yeah. of undergrowth and understory. So almost every tree you can get shots out of. You know, maybe yeah. it's not the perfect tree for the trail and everything, but, you know, you can get pretty close. And I think that maybe, I don't know, uh, they've had some weather, and maybe by this time of year there's a decent amount of trails up there on the ridges. And maybe we'll yep. see some of that stuff, you know, in the dark with your headlamp and, and be able to set up, you know. So. Yeah, we, we noticed that uh, kind of as we were leaving after we'd had two snows that, like, um, you know, that makes the ground pretty soft. And, and uh, those big old deer in the Midwest can can uh, really put a dent in a trail pretty quick whenever that starts happening. And so yep. Yep. Uh, I definitely noticed that as we were leaving is that the trails were getting better. Uh, you know, not to mention, like, they're they're not just cruising nonstop in late October. You know they they're kind of still homebodies, and mm-hmm. so now hopefully these trails will be worn in a little bit. And I think I'm it's gonna be rocking go and rolling, dude. I think it's yeah. gonna be awesome. The word is they're moving pretty good up here uh, right now. So uh, if that's the case, man, my ideal situation is to uh, kill tomorrow morning. Uh, kind of enjoy the afternoon. Maybe see our buddy. Uh, he said he'd help me drag it out and and. Um, and maybe eat lunch with them and take a few pictures and maybe get headed towards Kansas. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, cool, If that's dude. the case, then maybe you and I can spend some time in Kansas again today, together. Yeah, that would be that would be nice, man, for sure, because uh, I've, I've got the video thing handled on my own, but I've been kind of scrambling, like uh, maybe putting, uh, you know, my chickens before my, my eggs here, but uh, – I don't have any ability to take good pictures if I do kill a deer. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I might have to borrow cameras from somebody or something if you hadn't tagged out yet. But I don't know. Yeah. That's a that's a problem that we'll address later. Uh, yeah. But I do like to be optimistic like that. So uh, Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, going to uh, – it'd be like kind of going to, uh, you know, the the deer stand without arrows because you don't want to, you, you know – jink yourself from yeah shooting a deer you know exactly yeah yeah kind of got to have it that's right man well we uh we have another optimistic friend and his name is anthony warren and he has good reason for optimism uh because the dude knows (laughs) how to kill some deer apparently dude he's been on a streak man so uh i think we should probably get him on the on the phone here and let him tell his stories because uh as of right now they're a little bit better than what we've got (laughs) well uh, hopefully uh (laughs) Hopefully you can you can put a change to that or you know send that tide a different direction here pretty soon and uh, maybe Anthony will have some some ideas that'll help. Yep, uh, I would make note that I just saw a red fox, so maybe that's good luck. That is good luck. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he wasn't squished on a bridge somewhere. No, he was. No, that's a different one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this one was alive and well. It looked good like, deal, so. man. Good deal. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, well, let's get Anthony on the phone. All right. Today, I'm driving to Iowa. KC is in Texas, cleaning house, and our good buddy, Anthony Warren, is in Tennessee, right? Or is it Kentucky? Yeah, I am. Um, but if you actually step out of my backyard, you are, in fact, in Kentucky. That gummit, man. <clears throat> well, you're just, uh, just kind of all over the place, man. I think the last time we talked to you um, was on the podcast a couple months ago, maybe, and you still in Missouri, and now you got this. I mean, yeah. are you just living this dream life where you have like multiple homes and all over the, across the U.S., maybe across the world? <laughs> well, um, I am 
living a dream, um, <laughs> but I don't know if it's the dream life. Okay. Um, but uh, no, it's it's really not bad. But uh, yeah, a couple a couple months ago, we we did that hunt uh, in Nebraska, and um, you know, like uh, shoot, like two weeks after that, I relocated to uh, Tennessee, um, stationed at Fort Campbell. Which kind of, uh, you know, if you ask anybody, they will say Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um, but the base actually, like two thirds of it's in Tennessee, and then uh, about a third of it is in Kentucky. So um, I live right here, um, you know, pretty much touch the Kentucky line. And, uh, and yeah, I'm kind of fortunate that, uh, you know, I can draw, or not really draw, but I can have a resident license in both states. Dude, that's cool, man. That's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just crazy. Um, you know, one thing I want to go ahead and inform you of, and you might know this, but um, all these uh, quality deer managers that are on the Internet um, have, have really tried to blast you about shooting that little velvet buck this year out in Nebraska. <laughs> and so I've had to, like, defend you several times, like, well, this guy, like, he went active in the Army again. He's serving our country, and y'all are just hammering this guy. He might not get to hunt the rest of the year, so him putting meat in the freezer is very important for his family. And then here we go. You have one long weekend, like a couple weekends ago, and you're just slocking deer everywhere, man, like monster bucks. No telling how much meat you've got in your freezer right now. So yeah, it's... <laughs> the, the story, the, the, the story, or I guess part of it is out. I need the entire story now, man. Tell us, cause we don't, we, Casey and I, we just know a little bit about what happened, but, um, dude, you went on like one of the sickest sprees that I've heard of all season, man. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Well, um, I, I'd love to say, you know, that like I, I'm some, you know, great hunter or anything like that but I, I really think there was um more just some luck involved um you know i had a actually a, a four-day weekend um you know the for my my unit and um basically i talked my supervisor into letting me cut out a day early so i was able to stretch that into a five-day weekend um i got off work on a wednesday at 5 p.m had all my stuff waiting to go and just threw it in the truck and drew uh drove all the way to kansas to where uh, my lease is and uh ended up getting in at like 1 15 in the morning so um you know i drove through a storm getting there and i just felt good um you know um even though i, I do have a lease that i that i'm on out there i still hunted some public ground out there and, and i had some some real good info from last year um and, and i just felt good about the wind i felt good about the rain that was going to be passing through you know shortly after i got there i just knew that there was a lot of things that were going to add up and um hopefully lead to me being successful but in no way did i imagine that i'd have the the day that i did um that you know that was um the 7th of November. So, um, you know, I pretty much got into camp, got like two hours of sleep, woke up at four 30, um, hopped in the shower, got all my stuff ready. And, um, just cause I didn't know where anybody else was, was hunting that was on the lease. I was like, well, I'm just going to go over this public ground and just see what happens. Um, so I get everything going. 
hop in the truck and I pull up and it's not too far away from the farm. And, uh, <laughs> as I was just about ready to, to kind of head into the walk-in ground, um, this farm truck pulls up and this guy, uh, first thing he does, <laughs> he pops his head out and he looks, uh, he looks at my license plate and, uh, he looks at me and says, Oh, you, you about to go in there and hunt? And I said, I said, yeah, uh, I think so. And, uh, he was like, Oh, ain't no big bucks in there. I only seen a little basket rack eight. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm kind of of the mind, you know, I've been BS a good bit and, and, uh, you know, I just kind of played it off. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, well, I, I don't know, you know, it's getting kind of late and I just probably ought to get set somewhere. And he's like, oh, I'd go across the road if I were you, you know, <laughs> um, why don't uh, you go? yeah yeah and i asked him before i left i said uh i said do you hunt this and he's like no i i live right over here and and kind of you know figured figured it out that his property actually touched this walking ground and uh, i imagine that a lot of the deer that i ended up seeing he probably sees as well and uh so he's probably a little guarded but i kind of knew that he was blowing smoke and i just played it off as you know i was a big dummy or something i was like well i'll just i'm gonna go in here and hunt you know i got anything better to do it's getting late uh i kind of knew as i was walking i was like man this sucker he's trying to play me as a fool (laughs) 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 so uh, you know, long long story short, I, I walk in. It's a pretty good little walk. Um, you know, it's not not wooden or anything, and you know the the property actually looks pretty marginal. If you were to say, um, man, I, I want to hunt a piece of ground in Kansas, and and you know you start naming off the metrics that you want a place to have. You know, it it doesn't really have a whole lot, but what it does have is it has. Um, you know, a pretty good block of, of private that's just north of it, and it is an ag field. Um, but outside of that, it's it's pretty open on on at least three sides of it. You know, there's a tree line on each side of this uh, this particular ag field, and um, just the wind that I had, which I believe was a, a north uh, northeast wind, it, it sets up just perfect to hunt the northwest corner of the property. Um, and and so you know I pretty much walked in um, through what would be a uh, like a you know uh, just a field that they keep cattle in and crossing the fence over um, and and setting up and I felt like I got in there pretty good you know didn't make a whole lot of racket and uh, you know before I know it um, and I see a doe and it's kind of about ten minutes into legal shooting light so i just grabbed my bow and i'm like man i know what this means on on november 7th there's not generally a doe walking by herself yeah um this time of year um and sure enough i had a a buck and i throw the binos up i got my bow in my left hand and my binos in my right i'm looking and and it's still dark enough that i can't really tell what the deer is and i'm like well he's kind of short i think he's a young deer um, and about the time that, uh, you know, I, I kind of was like, oh, I'm probably not going to shoot that deer. Um, I looked down and his doe is right underneath me. I mean, I could have spit on her and hit her. And she, I think she caught a little bit of my ground scent and she just turned off. Um, and then he started following her. And then it wasn't until he kind of got out of the trees and into the daylight that I realized that 
he's a pretty dang good buck and and i was kind of wondering if i was going to regret um not shooting him but it was kind of kind of late at that point so um you know i just know that anything can happen um on november 7th and and i'm just sitting there and i'm like well you know there will be another opportunity and you know i think i think i you know was texting um one of you guys but it was just it was like a you know a fire hydrant had turned on it was just (laughs) after buck after buck and unfortunately i kind of found myself a little out of uh position you know had i been in in one of the other you know few trees that was around me i probably would have had a shot you know and we're talking about a difference of 10 yards maybe Mm -hmm. um and you know i wasn't seeing very many does but it was just buck after buck and um as things kind of slowed down i decided around uh like nine nine thirty nine thirty five ish that i was going to get down and um i actually started saddle hunting uh this year so what i was going to do is just move my platform 10 yards to the north and i was going to hop down um run and grab some breakfast real quick and uh and i was going to get back in the stand uh by noon and uh Anyhow, I'm, I'm up in this other tree, and my bow and my backpack and everything is down at the base of the, the tree that I was just in. And, and you know, I had made some some noise, kind of breaking off, you know, a couple little branches that were in the way. And I climbed down, and I'm strapping my, my climbing sticks to my backpack, and uh, I hear something over my right shoulder. And I turn around, and uh, I am nose to nose with probably – you know 130 135 inch eight point and uh yeah so he i think we both scared the mess out of each other equally he took off (laughs) i i had to use the bathroom (laughs) and uh anyhow i I watched him run off he runs to 40 yards just acts like i'm not even there puts his head back to the ground and takes off so um that was kind of my morning hunt um, but at that point in time, I think I had already seen, you know, 11 bucks and two does is, is what I think the count was that I was at. And so um, it was just a pretty incredible um, morning, but, you know, hands down the, the best action I'd ever seen in a morning hunt in November in my life. So, <laughs> so what happened next? You just saw a bunch of action or did you shoot a buck? Yeah. Uh, he called me to brag is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I called KC because I, I knew KC was heading up uh, up to Kansas to, to meet you. And, uh, and it, you know, when you have a morning like that, you, you just got to talk to your buddies about it. Just, it's, it's one of those special days that, you know, and you, you don't never know how many of those you may actually get, you know, in your lifetime. But, um <laughs> Anyhow, I, I went back, ate some breakfast, and my buddy, he was there, and he was like, hey, uh, I need to go hang a stand. You want to help me? And I said, I was like, no, no, man, I, I can't. Um, i got to get back in the stand. Um, plus, I think he makes a career out of putting up a stand. So, uh, <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I just, yeah, I just knew, uh, you know, I just needed to get back. So I, I think I got back in around um, 1230, and I was at that new stand, and sure enough, as I'm kind of climbing the tree, I look up and there's a, a deer, and I'm probably three foot off the ground. And uh, it's a it's a little two and a half year old buck, and he just stares at me, and I'm like, man, 
I hate to bust this deer, um, but at the same point in time, I really need to get up in this tree because if a big buck does that, I need to be ready. So anyhow, I climb the tree. I don't guess he really understands what I am, and he just moseys off. And, um, you know, the those hours between, you know, noon and um, I think it was probably around 3, about 3 p.m. or so, they were pretty slow. And, and so, um, you know, right around 3.15 or so, I, I look up and there's a, a doe. And, um, well, let me back up. And, and it's going to sound like it's not really part of the story, but it kind of matters a little bit. <laughs> so I, um, right probably, you know, 15 minutes before I saw that, that doe, um, I see this bobcat walk right, you know, underneath me, and he's walking out in the field. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And uh, anyhow, you know, 15, 20 minutes goes by, and I look up and I see that doe. And then all of a sudden, here comes this bobcat with uh, either like a squirrel or a bird in his mouth, and it's like walking straight at this doe. Well, this doe, um, she's at 30 yards, and uh, she blows at this bobcat. Doesn't really take off, but she kind of jumps back and and then you know the bobcat goes on his way and about 15 seconds later you hear another deer um blow and i'm like man there are deer all over here and i felt like i was pretty close to the bedding area um and all of a sudden uh, <laughs> um this doe looks uh looks up and she looks back toward that uh, where that other deer blew and i'm like man that might be a buck the way she's acting and sure enough, I just see tines just explode out of the brush and, and run in. And I went to pull my binos up, and I just saw the deer and, and saw his body, and I just dropped my binos. I didn't even look at the deer. I was like, that's probably the biggest deer I may have the opportunity to shoot in a long time. And um, anyhow, I, I come to full draw, and this sucker comes downwind of the doe, and I need him to take another, like, two steps probably to where I could shoot through this little lane that was probably about three feet wide and he walks straight away from me at that point oh. and he is probably 155 inch eight or nine point just oh. huge frame probably you know 13 inch g2s his uh, main beams stick out well past his nose and just a tank of a body and uh, anyhow he chases her off and about 15 minutes I see them come out on the opposite side of this ag field and just stroll down this uh, tree line that you know um, had the wind have been right and and whatnot I probably would have sat there and he just strolls down there and they disappear and uh, I'm just sick to my stomach I'm like man how do I you know how do you come to full draw on an animal like that you just you can't seal the deal and uh, anyhow I got to thinking I'm like well I'm going to stay positive. It is the rut. And, uh, and then I kind of, I thought about something that, that Tyler said quite a bit. And I know Tyler got this from his dad, but it just resonates with me. It's like, um, you will kill as many big bucks as God intends you to kill. And, <laughs> and I just said that, I said that to myself and, and I kind of, I went, you know, I just felt peaceful about it. Um, I was still upset, but I, I just was like, okay, well, God, God has another plan. And I'm going to kill a better buck. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, about that time, you know, the, the rest of the deer kind of just started moving. And it, it just seemed like deer were coming out everywhere. I had a couple bucks 
come out on the other side of the field as well again. And um, I had a real nice uh, 10 point, and I, I think he'll probably go, you know, around 140, 145. And then um, he was kind of just, you know, piddling around out in the field on the far side. And all of a sudden, I look up and I've got, you know, doe after doe after doe. I think there's probably six to eight of them. They came right underneath my stand out in the corner of the field. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, all right, um, I just need a buck to follow them. And I can probably have a 10-yard chip shot. Um, and then I, then I start saying to myself, I was like, well, It'd be really cool if this uh, ten point across the field, if he would just come over here to try and check out one of these does. And no sooner than like I thought that he just sprints, starts sprinting across oh, the field. Man. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this could happen. <laughs> um, mm. You know, all those does were like perfectly in my uh, my shot my shoot window, and I was like, man, this is this could set up real well. So I grab my bow and I'm going to do basically a 360 so that i could get to where i could um shoot through this uh this lane and as i do that i hear something right behind me underneath my stand and it's a doe and she'd come from a different direction from all these other does that had came out and i was like well she's by herself and she shouldn't be by herself whether whether she's got a buck or other does and and i look up and it was that buck that i had seen very first thing this you know that morning and I finally got to see him, and he used a lot bigger than I really anticipated. Um, you know, when that you know that I thought he was in the morning time, and his body was just—he was a tank. Um, so he comes in, and and there's kind of like a little ditch line that's always full of water, and it's just you know five or six yards uh, to the north of the tree that I'm in. And I'm like, well, he's going to cross that ditch and, and come around me, and I'm probably going to have a, a 10 to 15 yard shot. It would be a good, you know, good, uh, good shot and everything. And uh, there's this tree that's kind of laid over. I guess it was blown down, and, and he starts walking toward it. And I'm like, there's no way that he is going to go under that tree. And he nearly goes down on his uh, elbows or whatever you call it on a, on a deer, his hawks, and uh, and he goes completely under that tree. And I'm like. I can't believe that. I would have <laughs> never thought that he would have done that. Um, and at this point in time, um, he's probably about 10 yards away, um, but not quite in my shooting lane. So I, I draw back, and uh, and he's got basically like a little sapling that's uh, covering his vitals and everything. And, and I'm just sitting there at full draw, and I'm like, okay, any second, he's just going to step out, and it's, it's game over. And I was probably at draw for like two and a half minutes. And I think oh. he may have smelled something and just wasn't sure. But at the end, at the end of it, he, you know, I don't know if it was me or what, but he was definitely smelling something. And, uh, you know, I, I, I released from full draw and, uh, and I'm just sitting there watching and he starts taking another step and I come to full draw again. He steps down into that little, uh, ditch and uh he's at like seven yards now and uh and i just drilled him i got a complete pass through he jumps across that ditch and he uh, stands at the uh the border of the private and the public ground and he just he looked pretty hurt and he just starts coughing and i'm like oh he might go down right there well he started trying to walk it off and and then he went to go run and he just 
he just tumbled down. Oh um, man! So yeah, he he probably went 15 yards from where I shot him, and I think 20, you know, about 21, 22 yards from the tree I was in. So oh my goodness! Um, just just one of those shots that, um, you know, like you you just hope for as a bow hunter, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was it was quick um, and. Um, I just really couldn't have asked for anything better um, as far as like just a, a total experience, you know, being able to see that many deer and that, you know, that sort of action and thinking that the, the highs and the lows, thinking I'm about to shoot a, you know, 155, 160 inch, you know, uh, buck to him running out of my life to, uh, you know, real nice 10 point across the field that's kind of reading the script um, to just kind of having the, uh, you know the i guess the the eggs in the basket right there below me and, and i knew at that point I, I i felt like one the deer i ended up shooting was more mature than the other deer maybe he maybe a year older um but uh also i'm not going to take up uh, i'm not going to you know miss out on an opportunity like that to try and maybe shoot a different deer and, and you know at, at the end of the day it all happened on public land and it, it was you know there's not to to horn about public land but it is cool when you can just go to a place whether it be public or private and and you know do the kind of scouting and uh you know reap the the benefits of uh of a really awesome hunt and so i was just uh, no matter what it's going to be one of my you know biggest accomplishments as a bow hunter and plus i think um i don't know exactly what he, he scores and it doesn't really matter but my my buddy that was there at camp I think he scored him at like 139 or 140, and so it's just cool that uh, you know I ended up killing my my first Pope and Young buck, Man. Um, you know, after all these years of, of just trying to get it done out out in Kansas. So it's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. It's just crazy cool, man. That the the public land aspect is cool. The uh, you made a good point about the you know the kind of like more just any whether it's public or private just being able to go in and figure something out pretty quick and make it happen i think that's awesome and and uh you know speaking of that like your good luck that weekend didn't end there right no no so (laughs) uh, um i actually had a buddy that i i grew up and uh went to school with his name's uh derek welch and uh he uh i took him hunting last year for the first time um and he rifle hunted killed a doe up there on our place and uh he told me he said he's like well i'm gonna i'm gonna start archery hunting so um he bought a bow uh like last christmas and started practicing and i told him i said well if you want to hunt up here you need to need to draw a buck tag and basically he did everything he came up and uh he actually met me that night that uh that i shot my buck and he helped me take care of it so um, so that was cool. Um, and, and kind of my goal for the rest of the trip was, um, you know, just to get him a buck, you know, um, and basically it wasn't the first, it wasn't the eighth. Um, we hunted the all day on the eighth together. And then the morning of the ninth, I wasn't feeling very good. And I kind of just said, Hey, I, I would hunt over here in this Creek system. Uh, and it wasn't too far away from, you know, where I had hunted. And, uh, basically he went there and killed a, a pretty good, uh, what I believe is a, a three and a half year old buck. And so, uh, that was awesome. basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck the first deer that dude ever drew back on and killed was a buck. So he was, he was like a hundred percent, which did you get any guide feeds for that? <laughs> Do what? Did you get any guide fees for that or anything? 
I, I should. I should. <laughs> I, I should say, hey, man, uh, you forgot to tip your outfitter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I was super pumped up. But kind of at that point, um, I think that was, uh, shoot, that was Saturday, Saturday morning. And we both decided, we're like, hey, if we can both go home, um, you know, we'll we'll go home. And, and uh, you know, because my island, I had to be back by Monday is when I had to be back. So um, he's like, yeah, I'm going to head home. Um, and then uh, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll head home. But I, and I kind of just jokingly said, I might go hunt this farm that, uh, that I, you know, have permission on over in Missouri where I, you know, pretty close to where I was living. And he was like, he's like, Oh, uh, well, um, you should. And, and I kind of was like, all right, well, I'm going to. So I ended up going out, um, the next morning getting there in time. And, and basically, um, I've hunted that property a couple times. And one of the really good things about that property is that, uh, it's like 250 acres, and there's not a whole lot of timber on the place, but what it does have is, a, is quite a bit of ag. And it's got, you know, I think one or two fields that are completely interior. Um, and so, no, you know, it can't be seen from any roadways or anything. And so the deer, they always feel, you know, real safe and secure, like traveling those, uh, those field edges, um, just knowing that, you know, people can't see them. And, uh, you know, I pretty much... Um, went in and I, I didn't really have high expectations, but, um, you know, as the morning was kind of winding down, I saw, uh, you know, a flash of antlers and, uh, and I said, like, man, that's a good buck. And, and, uh, you know, I was kind of watching him and I see another deer come out in the field and I'm, I kind of look at that deer and it was a younger buck. And then, uh, you know, I, I looked back and that buck was gone, but he had stood in one spot for quite a while. And it was, kind of in a, in a real brushy part of, of a fence row. And I was like, I, I bet that he bedded um, right there. Um, so I get down out of the, out of the tree, and um, I'm going to go and get some lunch. And, and I, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to try and hunt this deer because the wind was going to switch, but it was I, I felt like I was barely going to cut the corner on the wind, um, meaning that, like, there's a chance this deer could smell me, but at that point I really didn't care because, um, <laughs> you know, I had, I had one, you know, I basically had one more hunt and then I had to head home. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of aggressive. Um, that afternoon I got in early, didn't make any noise. I felt like, uh, you know, the wind was blowing enough where I could sneak in and, uh, and, and uh, basically I, I, I felt like I was close to 80 yards away from, where I'd seen this buck and uh I get set up and and I wait and wait and wait and it was warmer that day and so um I was like man I'm not seeing anything and then I don't know 15 minutes before uh legal shooting light was over uh you know I see a couple of does come out on the far side of the field and then I see a young buck and I'm like well dang that's it you know I'm I'm done and uh you know, I, all of a sudden it's, it's getting, you know, getting where it's getting to be crunch time. And I, uh, I see this, this movement through kind of some branches in my tree and I pull up the binos and I drop them like, Oh, it's just a doe. <laughs> and, uh, anyhow, the deer makes it to my opening and I raise my binos again. It's just kind of like cool. Just watching deer, you know? And so like, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to watch this doe walk right by me. 
and uh sure enough like all i could see was you know is g2s and oh no and, uh, yeah and uh g2s yeah i was like oh that's uh that's a deer so i i just dropped my binos and i grabbed my bow and and it happened so fast i think you know i, I would have had about five seconds really to make something happen um you know by the time he made it completely through my window but he was at uh i think he was at 25 yards and i ended up drawing back grunt stopping him and i shot and i actually spined him um and so um kind of not what i intended to do but um you know i didn't obviously have to track him um i did i did you know follow up and and uh you know put a lethal shot on him but like i I was just like really at a a loss for words because it happened so quickly and i'm sitting here thinking i'm like i don't know what that deer is but he is big (laughs) and uh anyhow i i you know i get down um from the tree and uh i was like I was like, I don't, I'm afraid just to even walk over there. <laughs> so I, I finally walk over and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it, I don't, I don't know exactly what he'll score, um, you know, by the time I get him back. But I think um, I, I, I kind of rough scored him and, and he was like right at 134 ish, 135. So, you know, I'll be conservative and say he'll definitely, you know, make that 130 mark again. It's pretty yeah. much an eight, right? And, yeah, well, he's a nine. That's oh, okay. what he's got. Uh, he's got he's got one uh, uh, one tine on his uh, on his left side. I think he's a little crab claw at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and his uh, his G two is like right at uh, like almost twelve inches. So um, Yeesh. yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, you know, after the fact, I kind of realized that. He was a younger deer, but, um, you know, just the fact that, um, you know, I don't get to hunt that farm and that's the first, you know, he's not the first buck I, I've ever seen, but, um, on, on that place, cause there, there have been some good deer over there over the years, but he's definitely the first buck that I've actually had a, a chance to, to take off of that property. And, uh, you know, like I said, everything happened so quickly, but I, I'm so stinking proud, um, <laughs> of, of that deer. Oh, you better be. Uh, <laughs> and, Shoot, man. and and I, I'm just like still uh, mind blown that I killed two Pope and Young bucks three days apart. Dude, that's you might be the only guy I know, like even remotely know who has done that this season. It, the Pope and Young double in a weekend is just it's just awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to you know some of your perseverance and and uh, you know the hard work that you'll put into things. I mean. Quite honestly, I don't know what character trait this is, but uh, like if I shot the deer you did in Kansas, I might just be like, ah, I'll go home. You know, I'm happy. You know what I mean? But yeah. I guess it's the hunger that you still have, and that that's cool, man. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, how you'd gone to a saddle this season. I know it's like all the rage, and everybody's talking about it, but a lot of times that's for good reason, right? Because it's it seems to be a pretty effective tool. Um, right. How did saddle hunting, like, uh, impact your ability to get in on these deer this year? Um, well, in, in large part, it's, uh, I don't think in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, which I, not to like, you know, name drop or anything, but I, I hunted out of a, a lone wolf last year 
and um, it's it's definitely a great stand, and I probably could have done the same exact thing out of that stand. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I know that saddle hunting has done for me this year um, is like it's it's definitely made it easier. It's made my my you know payload a lot less, and uh, you know it's just quieter. I think it's just a quieter system. Um, you know, you're not really clanking stands around or um, or stuff like that. And then, you know, the I guess the one thing is the, uh, the buck I killed in Kansas when I did move um, to that other tree. It wasn't exactly a, a, an ideal tree to put a, a tree stand in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically, you know, tree stands are kind of limited by, you know, if it's a crooked tree, it, you may not... Um, you may not put a stand in there or it may just sit kind of cattywampus or whatever. Um, and so the, I think the, um, the saddle definitely gives you an advantage. Um, and I know it's kind of like the, the hot thing right now, everybody, everybody's saddle hunting, but, um, it's, it's definitely, I think a game changer and and more so I've, I've used it locally. Um, just because I, I have been, you know, everybody says, you know, they walk a mile. I don't quite walk a mile. Um, where I hunt here, but I do um, have about uh, you know probably 300 feet of elevation change and mm-hmm. probably a, a half a mile and, and and you know part of that is like if I don't have to have a stand on my back you know snagging limbs and everything like it's it's just gonna work better and and uh, kind of going back to mine and Tyler's hunt in Nebraska. Um, I, I didn't have the saddle yet and it was a pain in the butt walking through some of that brush with a tree stand. I know Tyler, Tyler can attest to that, but like we just, we got our butts whooped a couple times just getting yeah. tangled up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it has kind of helped out quite a bit this year and I just like the mobility and, and the ease of use at, uh, of the actual saddle. So this might be kind of a weird like question on it, but. Um, do you feel like scent control is easier or more difficult with a saddle? Um, you know, I don't really have a, an answer for that. Yeah. Um, I I like know, it is a weird question. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I did have, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a, um, I'm such a kind of like a fanatic about like trying to be as scent free as possible. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, what I do know is that if you can get high enough in a tree, um, and what I did see, um, you know, a couple of times so far this year is if you get high enough in a tree, um, and, and a deer comes close enough, um, hopefully your scent can just blow over them. But I, mm-hmm. I generally, I'm always trying to hunt the wind and yeah, even if it's cutting it close, like I'm not afraid to do that, but, um, I'm always you know, hunt the wind and, and kind of have my, my scent regimen that I go through to yeah. before I go get in the, the woods. So yeah. one of the things I could see with it that would be interesting is that you could put your whole, like your tree stand set up can go inside of an ozone bag, you know, and just treat yeah. that thing. And, and you're pretty much done for. Whereas like with a tree stand, yeah, it's not like it's getting a bunch of sin or whatnot, but you know, you're touching it with your hands a whole bunch and your feet go on it. And I don't know, you know, it's just something right. else. Or, like or bulky. Just, you know, you throw it in the back of your truck and, yes. you know, no telling, you know, you may have had gasoline in the back of your truck. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Very well. Could but, yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely, uh, 
it is kind of neat. Uh, I've, I've been questioned by a couple other guys hunting public land around here. They're like, well, where's your stand at? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of wearing it, you know, and, <laughs> and, and everybody, you know, kind of everybody around here does the whole, uh, climbing tree stand deal and, yeah. um, and, and whatnot. So it's kind of, they, they just kind of look at you funny when you're like, oh, I'm saddle hunting. They're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> So, so I think like knowing you, I think that you're a good decision maker. Like you're methodical, you think deeply about things, but you still also are aggressive and assertive when you need to be. Um, and this may be something that comes from the military, but with that being said, can you kind of talk about finding the tree? Because I feel like you and I are pretty similar in the way we think about things sometimes. And I think that, um, like one of the struggles is like, you don't want to lay down a bunch of ground scent, but when you go into a new place, you want to make sure that you choose the right tree. And, and there's always that like kind of want to like, Oh, should I go, should I go an extra 40 yards to see what's over there? You know, and see how that looks. So can you kind of talk about that and like what leads up to that as far as maybe that, that maybe map map scouting or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, a loaded question and I'll kind of try to go through it as, as best I can um, and as thoroughly as I can um, <laughs> without being too long-winded but um, you know er- everything is different um, as far as like landscape goes and now, um, for me personally right now I'm, I'm really actually trying to you know relearn how to hunt um, you know kind of for the the way that the terrain is around here um, but you know, kind of, if, you know, if I were going to be in the Midwest and I was going to look at something, um, obviously pinch points and funnels are, are going to be the, the biggest thing. And then my, my thought process goes to, okay, how, how could I hunt this spot and how can I access this spot on a given wind? Um, and then, you know, if, if I can, I'd like to try and have multiple entry and exit strategies so whether i come in from the north if it's a south wind or coming from the south on a, on a north wind um you know i, I want to definitely look at that um and then kind of the next thing that i think of is uh you know i just one i want to get into a tree um and i don't want to overanalyze. um well i could be in this tree or anything like that um you know i just want to get up in a tree where i feel like like deer are gonna you know walk by there i just want to be in a in a deer area mm. as uh case d likes to call it <laughs> yeah. that's right um, <laughs> so um you know kind of once i i do that I, I just i know um you know i've got the wind right i've, I've got set up in the tree as quietly as i could get um and next thing i'm going to do is start kind of looking at my lanes and stuff like that um and sometimes you're wrong you know i've definitely um you know, sat in a stand before and, and, uh, you know, just didn't ever have an opportunity because I was either, you know, 10 yards at a place or, um, you know, even 50 yards at a place, uh, kind of like I found myself, uh, this evening. But, um, the biggest thing is like when you're, when you're somewhere is like, don't be afraid to, uh, to get a little aggressive and like make a move. You know, if it takes me, you know, 15, 20 minutes to hang all my stuff in a stand and I see a bunch of deer going somewhere else, like, you know what, I'm probably going to get down and go to where those deer are and, and hang, you know, hang my stuff there. And I've only lost, you know, probably 30 minutes of time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and, and I just feel like the more um, the more guys spin and, and like definitely this year has, has been an anomaly for me. Like I never would have thought in a million years that I would have had the opportunities I did this year. But um, I was kind of coming from it at a different angle um, this year is like, hey, I've kind of got this this you know full time military gig going on now, and I'm not going to have the same amount of time that I would um, on another year to go hunt. So. If, um, if five days is all I have, well, then I'm going to look at everything um, from a, a very, um, you know, anecdotal standpoint. I'm going to try and do the things that I can control, um, you know, like hunt good winds and, um, you know, put myself in, a, in as good a position as I can. But I'm also going to get aggressive. So if that means that um, maybe the wind isn't 100 percent perfect and there's a, you know, a 10% chance that, um, a buck could come from my downwind side and win me. Like, um, I'm going to do that because, um, when, when you only have five days or a week to hunt, um, you, you don't really know how many opportunities you're going to get. And so I kind of err on the, on the aggressive side, um, more often than not, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a large part of, um, you know, going back kind of to what I'm learning now with this new area that I've been hunting over here in, in Tennessee and the Kentucky area is that um, the first thing that I'm going to look for is is food. Um, and if I can find food, um, then I'm just going to backwards plan um, from from that food. Um, and so kind of what I've seen here is we've got a lot of, um, you know, oaks and, and acorns around here. Um, there is some ag, but one of the big predominant features that we've got out here is, is these big ridges. And so, um, my gut tells me that those deer are going to use those ridges at some point in time to move, um, you know, wherever they're going to go. Um, and so my, my first step in analyzing something like that is to, um, kind of side hill the, the, the ridge and see, um, if I can find any sign because it's kind of a, a you know, a scientific deal that deer a lot of times stick to the, the military crest or the, the upper third. And then I'm going to um, make adjustments from there. So, um, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, be a little aggressive. Don't be afraid to do something different. It is kind of it is kind of scary. Um, at first, when, when you're really used to hunting, you know, agriculture and field, you know, uh, pinch points and, and uh, field edges and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I hear a lot of guys say, well, there's no big bucks around here. Well, maybe they're not going to where the big bucks like to be. And, and typically the big bucks don't like to be in a field edge next to a, a main, you know, road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, maybe maybe you need to be back off of that field edge, um, in the timber. And maybe there's something like a Creek or, you know, some contour line or something that you're just not, you know, seeing that would be a, a cue. And so like, um, I, I don't know, the biggest thing that I, I do is like, I try to put a lot of, you know, time in studying maps and, uh, and that sort of stuff. That way I can be prepared and I can disqualify, um, you know, the places where I'm not going to hunt. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I see something, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to make a move and, 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 you know, adjust to whatever the deer are doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, that whole, 
I'm, I, you and I have talked about this uh, probably in the last couple of days, um, but you know, just the whole aggressive thing, it's a lot easier to do when you've got multiple pieces of property, whether that's private or public. And so like setting yourself up that way is, is, can be pretty fun. Uh, you know, granted, like if you've got a really giant deer on one piece of property, you might can be kind of conservative with it if it's private and, 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 uh, work your way in. But, um, you know, that's, that's one reason to give yourself several options, whether that's knocking on doors, cold calling, or just finding pieces of public in the area, um, to give yourself multiple, multiple different pieces of property that are separate from each other. So that if you mess one up by being too aggressive, you still have options to go shoot a, you know, a different deer. So, uh, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a, what that's, I mean, to me, that's just a case in point with your Kansas situation there, you know, like you've got a lease, but you went and killed a Pope and young class deer. That's probably five years old on a, you know, on a piece of public because that was one of your extra options. So awesome story, right. dude. I'm super proud of you, man. And just like, so excited for you, man. I think it's just one of the coolest stories of the season, man, that I've heard. And, uh, just glad that your season's turning out good and hoping that uh, after talking to you tonight that the, the luck will rub off on me and when I head in a mile and a quarter tomorrow that uh, I'll have similar luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, I definitely uh, feel for you. I know those long walks are not the, the funnest, but um, I don't hopefully, have a saddle either. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it pays off for you. And, uh, and then you're going to be calling me, and I'm going to have to host you giving your big buck breakdown. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea, man. I mean, you've got the intro down, so. That's right. <laughs> uh, I've, I've listened to a few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We feel your support, man. We, we see that yeah. one download from Tennessee every week, man. <laughs> yep. That's anyway, me. Yep. Well, dude, awesome deal. Thanks for coming on and spending the time with us this evening, and and uh, good luck over in Tennessee this year, man. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yep. Sure thing, dude. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Uh, Kansas and Missouri bucks all in within a couple of days. I guess technically three bucks, and um, um, you know, I guess if you make like a loop up northward. If he was just to make a loop up northward, he would have ended up in Iowa, which is where I'm at. And uh, we were actually here, I guess, uh, late October. And so there's four videos from that trip in a series that are releasing right now. So if you're interested in checking that out, we had some pretty sick, nasty encounters. Uh, one evening in particular, I think it's going to be the third video maybe, um, of that series where bucks were like squaring off like big bucks man and it makes me big sick to even talk bucks. about it yeah i can't go back there <laughs> yeah man uh, well hopefully uh i don't know hopefully it's it's for the best man it is for the best no matter what but like selfishly we want you to kill a, a big buck so yeah. uh maybe this is going to force you into going and trying a new place that's going to pay big dividends I, I think that there's a good chance for it oh yeah i, I hope so too man and, and to be honest um you know I, I don't think necessarily i'm not the type that necessarily thinks that well you know well it just means i'm going to kill a bigger deer but yeah. um you know i would be happy with just a solid deer uh, even if he is a little bit smaller than either one of those deer that we were 
chasing on those properties so yeah uh you know i just want to shoot a nice solid mature buck somewhat mature buck i mean when i <laughs> when i say that like a big three-year-old's probably gonna get smoked you know so <laughs> yeah uh yeah anyway that's just what it is man but i'm i'm uh i've gotten some of my iowa experience and i'm gonna get a full experience yes, uh, tomorrow when i head in for that long trip and and by myself with the sticks and everything so anyway uh i guess uh you know you can see the october stuff uh coming up after that um depending on how lucky i am on this trip hunting deer uh i'm gonna get to the texas videos and that's a pretty cool series i think you guys will enjoy yeah. so anyway we are all very excited about that because uh that's the i wasn't there for that one you know yeah. so you've shown me a little bit of stuff but uh i know that it just gets it pretty epic whenever you put it into like a timeline and, oh, yeah. and make a video out of it so I'm pretty stoked for that one, man. It's gonna be cool, man. Uh, you know, another point that I would I would make that uh, not point, but just a little thing to note uh, is I went. You know how I told you the last. I may have even said this in the podcast. I think I did, but the last uh, morning in Kansas, I was sitting there doing my like you know wrap up interview, and that mm-hmm. bug came through. Yeah, I kind of glimpsed at that clip uh, on the camera before I formatted the card this morning. Uh-huh. Buck is big, dude, and he ain't uh, a, he ain't just eight point. Ooh, <laughs> he's, he I know for sure he's got a G four on his right side, ooh. and he's heavy, and he's got looking like some good main beams, and I'm just like, this deer is bigger than I thought, and it makes me want to cry more than I thought. Ooh. So I'm interested to see him because yeah. I don't know how the timeline all works out or whatnot, but it might be a deer that we've seen before. Yeah, and. We'll have to talk more about that off the air. Yeah, we, we will. We will. <laughs> so anyway, well, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, we're pull, putting it out as much as we can. I'm really just uh, enjoying as much hunting as I can in November. And uh, every day that, I, that I'm that i off of the or out of the woods, I'm, I'm trying to get some edited footage to you guys. So I hope you can have some patience. And uh, in the meantime, watch some of our good buddies who are putting out some stuff right now, too. So. Anyway, God bless you guys, and remember, this is your element. Living it. Meet you on the other side. I'm not sure why we even have to fight. We grew up in the same situation. The river between has caused a lot of frustration. Brothers, let's forgive and forget. There's blood in the river, and that's why they call it the red. There's blood in the river, and that's why they call it the red. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. 
With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.